Grace and peace and mercy be to you from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We are in this red letter challenge, and in the red letter challenge, we are being introduced to five principles of Jesus' followers as we look at the words of Jesus. And throughout this entire first week, our, our theme, our principle is this idea of being this being. And so uh, we've been looking at uh, lots of different uh, things this week. Uh, things like uh, the first day on Sunday was read your Bible. Uh, yesterday was pray. Today was take some time and, and go and, and be quiet. I'm sorry, I missed one. And they also, also worship the Lord your God. Uh, today it's about being uh, in solitude. Uh, other, other things will be uh, things like fasting. Uh, throughout this week. This idea of being, just being in God's presence. Uh, however, if you were here on Sunday, I said that I think that too many of us, including myself, too many of you, are too often too busy to be. Just too busy to be. And I said on Sunday, a different kind of reality is possible. A different one is possible. And I said, maybe, if nothing else, just for this week, give it a try and let that be your focus. Just be in the presence of God. So, how's it been going? <laughs> My week's been a bit nutty. Soon after church on Sunday, I got in the car. Well, I took a little bit of a, a nap. Uh, and uh, then I got in the car and I drove to Wausau. I'm on the board of directors for our North Wisconsin district. And so I was in a hotel Sunday night, and then Monday I was in a meeting all day and drove home and got home late Monday night and worked all day yesterday, and here we are today, and I've been going strong for a long time today, and tomorrow will be much the same. Life happens a lot, and things get busy, and yet I've still uh, been doing my best to stick to these challenges, whether it be even just waking up extra early in the morning. You know, I'm a huge proponent of rest huge proponent of rest. I think that resting is a biblical command. I, I believe that it's true. Uh, we read about it in the scriptures tonight, and I even think there are many biblical examples of rest. Just take a look at this. I saw this on the internet the other day. I don't know if you can read that. It's a little bit small, so I'll read it for you. It says, this is your gentle reminder that one time in the Bible, Elijah was like, God, I'm so mad I want to die. So God said, here's some food. Why don't you have a nap? So Elijah slept, ate, and decided things weren't so bad. Never underestimate the spiritual power of a nap and a snack. <laughs> That's kind of nice, right? What about this one? Jesus slept during a storm. Daniel slept in the lion's den. Peter slept in prison. Elijah slept while running from his executioners. No matter the circumstances, you should take a nap. The Bible says so. So, there you go. For all you nappers, you now have evidence from the scriptures that it is a good thing to do. My dad's a napper. He takes 12-minute naps every day. 12 minutes. Boom. Lights out. He is, it doesn't matter where we are in the car, on the floor. Uh, Pastor Zach, in one of the things, talked about his father-in-law doing the same thing. My dad, my dad does that. You know, we need to learn that it's good for us to rest and take time. You know, there was a time, I think, in our culture where it was sort of the cultural norm that the most productive people were seen as the people who burned the candle at both ends all the time. 
However, the reality of this kind of life and actually even the scientific research surrounding it is proving that it's not necessarily true. The most productive people are not necessarily the people that work the longest hours and work the craziest days. Just think about this. Just think about it. Even from a very natural, God-designed way, we have to rest. Just think about it in, in terms of sleep. From, a, from a, just a philosophical standpoint, if you think about it, isn't sleep and the fact that we need to sleep a humbling thing? Right? Isn't it humbling that you have to sleep? So does every human. So does every animal. <laughs> you have to. You just have to. The longest anybody ever went that's been recorded with consecutive days staying awake is 11 consecutive days. That's pretty crazy. But scientifically, research says that after uh, 24, definitely 48 hours, you will show definite symptoms that you are sleep deprived. I think there's no greater denominator uh, that, that, that unites people in this world other than, other than death, <laughs> other than sleep. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, educated or uneducated, young or old, male or female, you must sleep. I don't know if you know this, but in our church, we actually have a resident sleep expert, a sleep researcher. Uh, Dr. Uh, Jason Carter uh, is a member of our church and a faculty member at Michigan Tech. Some of his research was actually just um, featured in one of the research magazines at Michigan Tech, but he does sleep research. And so I reached out to Jason uh, and asked him for some statistics regarding sleep. Uh, he said he's got lots of different things, and, and he sent me a variety of things, but I thought these uh, two pieces of information were kind of pertinent for us. Uh, did you know that over a third of American adults do not get enough sleep? So scientifically, they say that uh, adults should get somewhere between seven and eight hours of sleep. So you can see the people on the top, you know, uh, get five or six hours. And so a third of people get not enough sleep. At least 50% of people are getting somewhere around the right amount of sleep. But a third of people, uh, adults, don't get enough sleep. The next one that I'm going to show you is a, a, I find even more uh, a cause of concern. It's this. Uh, the vast majority of teens are sleep-deprived. Uh, 90% of teenagers uh, in the United States are sleep-deprived. Uh, and I've, I've actually had conversations with some of the youth here at our church. Actually, Marcus and I were doing some uh, preparations for the National Youth Gathering that we're going to this summer with 20 high schoolers here. Uh, and some of the high schoolers were, uh, we were talking about the schedule that we'll be needing to maintain. And some of them were saying, oh, we oftentimes go to school with just four hours of sleep. As if it, as, seriously, as if it was no big deal. Uh, four hours of sleep. And they say, we're, we're doing just fine. <laughs> and actually, in, in some of those conversations with these sleep-deprived teens, they actually hold it up as sort of a badge of honor. You know, I don't need sleep. What kind of weakling are you? You know, and, and I've heard the same sort of mentality from even good grown adults, right? What's the old famous line? You can sleep when you're dead, right? Who needs to sleep? You can sleep when you're dead, <laughs> right? You can sleep when you're dead. But what's the deal? What happens when we don't get enough sleep? There are all kinds of uh, consequences. All kinds of consequences. And you see, I think, I think not only do people not get enough sleep, 
But oftentimes, many of you, many people even just say, I don't, I don't have time. I just don't even have time to rest. I don't, have, I don't have time to do that. I can sleep when I'm dead. There's no time to rest. But what happens when we don't get, don't get sleep? Again, I talked to uh, Dr. Carter about this, and there are all kinds of health uh, concerns. And this is one of his main reasons for the research is because of all the cardiovascular disease and all that sort of stuff. In teenagers these days, though, we are seeing some of the highest rates of, of uh, diseases, mental diseases like anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, and actually suicidal attempts. Higher rates than we've, than we've seen ever in the United States. And I would say those kinds of health issues are exacerbated even more so by a lack of sleep, and they're exacerbated even more so by a lack of resting in the presence of God. And this is where I want to focus tonight, friends. Just as we need sleep for our physical bodies, so we need rest in the presence of God. I just think statistically, if people aren't getting enough sleep, likely they're also not getting enough rest on a daily basis and throughout their weeks. And, and, and definitely, if they're not getting enough sleep, if they're not getting enough physical rest, I can't even imagine that they're getting enough rest, spiritual rest in the presence of God. That kind of rest that we need to be in God's presence, to be with him. You know, without resting in God's presence, we try to take matters into our own hands and think that we've got to do everything ourselves. You know, I, I jokingly showed you those memes or whatever you want to call them, uh, pictures from the internet of sleep, but, but aren't the, the scriptures are full of examples of rest. We read two of them tonight, right? There's the feeding of the 5,000 that was read for us from uh, the Gospel of Mark. The feeding of 5,000 people. Normally when we tell this story, even when I've preached on, it, on this, normally we go to the end of the story, right? Where Jesus does the miraculous multiplication of the bread and the fish and feeds the people. But did you see how that whole thing started? What did Jesus say to his disciples? He said, go to a desolate place, come on, and get some rest. Obviously they didn't get much rest. <laughs> the people interrupted them and followed them. Right? But that was Jesus' intention, was to go off and get some rest. If you've never read the scriptures or the gospels, how often does Jesus do this? He goes off by a quiet place to pray. He goes off by a quiet place to pray. Here he's telling his disciples, go and get some rest. Go and get some rest, guys. It's necessary. In the Old Testament lesson that we read tonight was, the, was, was the, from the uh, giving of the Ten Commandments according to the book of Deuteronomy. And God says, right, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. That word Sabbath, if you don't know, literally means rest in Hebrew. We ought to rest. Why? Because just as God worked for six days in creation and then rested, so too shall you work for six days and then rest. Why did God rest after creating what did God do? Was he, was he just sick and tired of creating? He was so stressed out, burned out, that he just wanted to be done, kick his feet up, watch the game, forget that any of it even happened? Is that he just wanted to go numb to the world? Is that what he was doing? No. What did God do while he rested? He looked at what he had made and he said, it is not even just good, but very good. Very good. So when God rested, he reflected he looked at what he had done. He delighted in his creation. He gave thanks. He praised, right? 
This is what we too should do in our rest, is not forget about the world. It's, it's not resting in order to forget that this day happened. It's to rest and reflect and live life in gratitude, delighting what God has given us in this gift of life. My friends, if the point isn't clearer, God rested, Jesus rested, God rested, Jesus slept every day of his life, God rested, Jesus rested, Jesus slept, and you don't think you need to? Remember, remember this. This is the point of this being week. It's just plain and simple. Many of us want to go do things for Jesus, but before God ever asks us to do something for him, he invites us to be with him. Our doing flows out of our being. How are you being? How are you being? Today it was 30 minutes. It was 30 minutes. I've talked to a number of people about this one simple thing, and they said, 30 minutes? Where am I going to find that? If that's you, I pray for a different reality for you. I pray for intentionality for you, because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take intentionality. If you don't plant the seed in the garden, nothing's going to grow, right? Or will something? You know what will grow? Weeds, right? Plant the seed. Plant the seed. Start small. Be in the presence of Jesus. Don't let the weeds of Satan divide you from his presence. God desires to be with you. He is with you. He's near you. Be with him. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.